when asked about their dating or relationship status, I've often heard people, maybe you have too, I've often heard people reply with this phrase, with this label, I'm currently in a committed relationship. Have you heard that? I'm currently in a committed relationship. Okay, true confession. I'm no expert on this topic. (laughs) I'm no expert, but I assume that means that's in contrast to somebody who is in the early stages of a dating relationship, maybe, right? It's not really a fully committed relationship yet. Maybe that person's kind of dating around. They wouldn't use the phrase committed relationship. But committed relationships are found beyond the romantic realm, aren't they? Committed relationships, we hope, are found in every part of our lives. Think for a moment, if you would, about the committed relationships in your life and what they mean to you. Just think for a minute. Who are those committed relationships with in your life? How are they significant to you? Maybe give thanks to God right now in the quietness of your heart for those people with whom you have a committed relationship. This morning, God wants to describe for us a committed relationship unlike any other. And in doing that, I believe he wants us to carefully consider that commitment and how that relationship, unlike any other, can and should profoundly bring us a peace unlike any other. So let's do that by looking together at Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 10 through 12. If you need a Bible, there are some on the back counter back there. There's one just, I see it standing up here. It's a black Bible. If you have a Bible app, pull up that Bible app, pull up a Bible website. Look at Ezekiel 34. Now, Ezekiel 34, as many of you know, that was from our Bible reading plan this past week. If you need a Bible reading plan, they're right there on the back counter as well. You can grab one on on the way out this morning. That Bible reading plan is a chance for us to move through God's Word together as a church. It's just reading one chapter a day, five days a week. So one of those chapters that you looked at last week, that I looked at last week, was Ezekiel 34. That's where we find ourselves this morning. Now, a little bit about Ezekiel so you know. Unlike Isaiah, unlike Jeremiah... Ezekiel was not simply a Hebrew prophet predicting the exile of God's people. He was a prophet living in that exile. Very unique. He was living in that exile. So listen to his perspective. Listen, more importantly, to God's words through him to the people of God who were now scattered throughout conquering Babylon. They had been dispersed. So many of the people that once lived in Israel were now far to the east in Babylon. This is verses 10 through 12. Thus says the Lord God, capital G-O-D. That's just a a translation of, of the name Yahweh. The personal name of the God of Israel, Yahweh. So it's really the Lord Yahweh. Thus says the Lord Yahweh, behold, I am against the shepherds and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. That is their job, their office. I'll I'll take the office from them of feeding the sheep. 
No longer shall the shepherds, these shepherds God was against, no longer shall they feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord Yahweh, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep. I will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. Now, that message was delivered five to six hundred years before the time of Jesus. Five to six hundred years before the time of Jesus, the prophet Ezekiel, God used him to declare this message to those who had been scattered from their homeland and now were in exile because of Babylon. But let's fast forward the tape this morning, right? And let's listen to a couple passages from the New Testament. As I read these passages from the New Testament, moving from Ezekiel 34, think not, don't don't only think about how these fit with Ezekiel 34, but also how both of these, all of these passages enhance one another. They kind of make the picture clearer for us. This is Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. We're going to put it up here on the screen for you so you can read it up here. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. So again, think about what this passage has to do with what I just read from the Old Testament, how the two work together. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to hear Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes, those were the Jewish religious leaders, they grumbled. They were complaining, weren't they? They complained. They said, this man, Jesus, receives sinners and eats with them. So he, Jesus, told them this parable. What man of you, right? Which one of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country... And go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Now consider more of the words of Jesus. I've got another passage for you. This time it's from the Gospel of John. Take a look here on the screen. Gospel of John, chapter 10. Let's start with verses 11 through 16. These are the words of Jesus. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, that guy sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and flees and then the wolf snatches them And scatters them. He flees that hired hand because he's a hired hand. He's just a hired hand. He cares nothing for the sheep. I 
am the good shepherd, says Jesus. I know my own. And my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock. There will be one shepherd. Now if we drop down, take a look at verses 27 and 28 in that same chapter, John 10. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Yeah, beautiful. So powerful. Let's try try to unpack this a little bit. Hopefully it's clear to you how those Old Testament verses, how these New Testament verses are all connected. You saw it, right? You saw the the same image there among them all, the, the theme that connects them, the tie that binds. All of them are teaching us about our relationship with God using the imagery of a shepherd with his sheep. It's that simple. It's familiar to many of you. This is not a surprise. You may feel like you're kind of in uh, 101 class today, like, yeah, shepherd and a sheep. Yeah, I got that. But revisit this again with, with me this morning. The reason I chose to group these passages together right away, Ezekiel 34, Luke 15, and John chapter 10, the reason I wanted to put them together right away has to do with the distance that we sometimes feel, or we could say, the sake of relevance, the issue of relevance. Sometimes when we talk about Old Testament events like the Babylonian exile, when we talk about those things, we can feel disconnected from those events for a lot of reasons, right? We can feel disconnected. Different time, different place. It was so long ago, so far away, different ethnicity or national identity leading to different culture maybe, different language Different covenant. Different covenant, right? It's easy for us to feel disconnected when we talk about those Old Testament stories. Things like the Babylonian exile. But when we as Christians, when we as disciples of Jesus, if you know Him this morning, when we link passages like these together those vivid Old Testament scenes and those powerful Old Testament themes can make a very different kind of impact in our lives. Amen? That's what God would have us do with His Word. So think with me about Ezekiel's words in light of some of these shared themes that we're seeing in all of these passages. Ezekiel 34, Luke 15, and John 10. First of all, think about this. Number one, We are scattered by sin. That's where we begin. Remember last week we talked about good news and bad news. I I just mentioned before in explaining the gospel. What does it mean? It means good news. But you really do not understand that good news until you first understand the bad news that God wants us to know. That's what we're seeing here. We are scattered by sin. Our passage from Ezekiel used the image of scattered sheep To describe what? God's people in exile. 
they were scattered from the land of Israel, weren't they? Not only were the Babylonians responsible for this, but a couple hundred years before that, a nation called Assyria also exiled a number of people out of the northern part of the land of Israel. So you had people who were Hebrews scattered in lots of different places by this time. And this passage is using that imagery of scattered sheep. So in the same way, all of us as well, every human being is not where he or she should be spiritually as a result of sin. Just like those scattered among the nations, we are spiritually scattered away from God because of our sins, as a result of our sins. We read these words in the prophet Isaiah several weeks ago. I think many of you know these words. All we like sheep have gone astray. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned, you have turned, I have turned, every one of us, to his or her own way. That's where we've gone. That's the reality that we're talking about here. This is what Jesus is confirming here about the spiritual condition of the lost when he talks about that in Luke 15. He speaks, he uses the word lost, the idea of a lost sheep. He's talking with sinners whom he's eating with in Luke 15. And he explains this idea of sin it's in, it's the it's the background it's the it's the assumption when you talk about the the sheep being threatened in John chapter ten the dangerous sheep threatening conditions that he's describing in John chapter ten they all point back to this same truth we are spiritually scattered by sin maybe you're here this morning you're thinking all of the problems of my life and the way that I feel. The struggles that I have on the inside and the things that I'm facing on the outside, those are the result of other people who have wronged me. Maybe that's true this morning. Maybe you are facing that. Or maybe you're thinking, if things had just gone my way, right? What if, what if, what if? If only, if only, if only. This hadn't happened in my life. This door had been opened to me. This opportunity was given to me. Maybe you think it's a chemical imbalance in your head. And maybe it is. Maybe it's a mental health issue. Maybe it's a whole bunch of things that we can run down and say, I need to fix these problems in my life. I am struggling. I feel hopeless. I feel desperate. I feel lost. I feel confused. I feel hurt. And either we pull out the blame thrower, right, and want to incinerate everybody with it, or we are looking out there in the world for a solution to fix ourselves. Or we're asking someone else to fix us. The message God has for you this morning is your most severe problem, your deepest need is that you've been scattered by sin. Doesn't change the fact that all those other things could be true. (laughs) People wronged you and hard circumstances in your life and struggles with mental health or whatever, whatever it might be. But those needs point down to the deepest need in you. And that's that reality that you have been scattered by sin. And sin is not just defined as doing wrong or bad things. Sin is living a me-centered life in a God-centered universe. Sin is first a worship disorder. Did you know that? 
Sin is a worship disorder. We're exchanging the one that we should worship and serve with worshiping things in this world. Worshiping all sorts of other things in this world. But God's word, God is so good to give us this understanding, this diagnosis to help us to see that all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And that's the foundation for what we're seeing here, what we're understanding here in this imagery. We also read here that God is teaching us something about number two. Take a look on the screen here. Number two, the danger of false shepherds. That's the very first thing that we heard in our main text this morning in Ezekiel 34. He said, behold, I am against the shepherds. God says, I am against the shepherds. Who were these shepherds that God was against? Well, they were the leaders of the people during the exile. In all those places. Do you remember when Jesus went into the synagogue and he would in Nazareth or it would talk about him being in a synagogue or later in the book of Acts, it talked about Paul going into the synagogues to preach about Jesus the Messiah? Well, guess where those synagogues came from? This time right here. Uh, Synagogues weren't a thing before the exile, Babylonian exile. The synagogues developed during the exile of the people. So that whole system, that whole system of gathering together in those places in synagogues, which just means a gathering together, that came out of this time. So there were people in those communities who were still tribal leaders or clan leaders or whatever, community leaders. And these are the people that God is taking to task here. I am against these shepherds. Why is God against them? Because they were not caring for the people spiritually. They just weren't. If these people were exiled, if they found themselves in the place where they were currently as a result of their pervasive and their persistent sin, these leaders were not caring for them by actually helping lead them into humility, repentance, obedience to God. Maybe they were going off about all all sorts of other things. Who knows what they were doing? Clearly... From what we hear God saying here, they were taking advantage of the people, weren't they? We know that for sure. They were taking advantage of the people. They were proving that they cared only about themselves and they did not care about the sheep. It's described almost as if, did you see the imagery in Ezekiel? It's described almost as if the the shepherd goes out to the sheep and takes one out and then slaughters it and eats it. That's not what the shepherd should be doing with the sheep, right? <laughs> Feeding off of the sheep. But that's, that's the image described for how these community leaders, these spiritual people who should have been spiritual leaders, were really just there to serve themselves. They were taking advantage of the people. People were suffering as a result of this, as, the she- as sheep would have been suffering under a, uh, a spiritual leader, a shepherd who was using them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's what's happening here. That's why God is against them. And in both of the New Testament passages that we looked at, Luke 15 and John 10, Jesus is confronting the Jewish leaders of his day, isn't he? He's confronting those leaders. They were the ones criticizing him about his efforts to save, strain, scattered sheep. They were giving him a hard time for what they should have been doing themselves, right? So we, seem to say, we see the same issue there. In fact, 
Jesus condemns in John 10 these leaders. He condemns them as hired hands who cared more about their own paycheck, that is their own gain, than the safety of threatened sheep. They saw danger. That's what the wolf represents, right? They saw danger and they ran away from the sheep. They they were going to save their own skin. They didn't care about those sheep. Do you see the connections here? John 10, back to Ezekiel 34, we have the presence of these false shepherds. But in stark contrast to that, point number three, take a look. God pursues lost sinners. God pursues lost sinners. Have you, have you ever heard better news than that? God pursues lost sinners. Say that with me. God pursues lost sinners. It sounds, it tastes sweet actually just to say it, doesn't it? It's so powerful. God pursues lost sinners. Those who were languishing in that exile must have recognized, they already knew that Yahweh was Israel's shepherd, didn't they? They probably sang about it. There was a very famous little ditty by a guy named King David, right? Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't know how the tune was, but the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. They knew that psalm, Psalm 23. These people knew that psalm. David had had lived 400 years before they were born. They understood this imagery of God as the shepherd of Israel. But now that they were far away from their own land, now that they were exiled because of their sin in a foreign nation, in foreign countries, maybe they imagined that this shepherd of Israel that David sang about, maybe they imagined that he was standing in that promised land way back there. He was standing there just waiting for them to get their act together. Right? Maybe they imagined him just staying saying, right, standing there saying on the mountains of Israel, calling out to them, look at what you've done. Look at where you are now. Lost in the wilderness, stuck on a cliff face, exposed to the elements, vulnerable to predators, tired, hungry. So, what are you going to do about it? When you figure it out, and you know what you want to do, I'll be right here in this open field of lush green grass. Sounds good, right? Well, then figure it out. Get it together. I'm waiting. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Maybe that's how they're imagining God. Maybe we we think of God that way and maybe we treat other people that way too who failed us, right? Get your act together. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Come on, right? We bring that mentality here. They had that mentality, I'm guessing. But that isn't what God said. That's not how the Bible describes Him. And it's not what he's saying this morning, right now in this place. It's not what he's saying. Look again at verses 11 and 12. For thus says the Lord Yahweh, 
Behold, I myself will search for my sheep. And I will seek them out. As a shepherd, got that image in your head? As he seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep, that they've been scattered, I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all those places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. That imagery works both ways. Clouds and thick darkness, you can imagine like a thunderstorm and maybe animals getting spooked by the lightning and the thunder. Right? This, ooh, this is a scary day. Everyone's scattered. But in the prophets and in the Bible, that imagery is also connected with the judgment of God. Clouds and thick darkness. And so it works, doesn't it? It fits. They suffered under the judgment of God when the Babylonians came and sent them out of their land. Same with the Assyrians in 722 B.C. Same thing. Now they were scattered as a result. But did you hear God's heart there? Did you hear God's voice? Did you hear the intention, the, the commitment that he, dem- he, that, he, that he spoke of there? God pursues lost sinners. He doesn't stand like this with his back to us saying, you know, are you fixed? Have you, got, have you got it together yet? Well, come on, let's go. He's going after. He's seeking out. He's like that shepherd going through over the rocks, down into the canyons, down into the riverbed. He's going over hill and dale, you know, far and near. He's looking for these sheep. He's going out to get them. And if we continued on in Ezekiel 34, maybe you're still there in your Bible. If you're there in Ezekiel 34, if we move down from our main text, we would discover even more about what we could call God's DIY rescue. Are you a DIYer? That's what God says here, right? I'm going to do it myself. I'm against you shepherds. I'm going to do it myself. God's DIY rescue, verse 14. I will feed them with good pasture. They shall lie down. Verse 15, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. Verse 16, listen to these words. I will seek the lost. And I will bring back the strayed. And I will bind up the injured. And I will strengthen the weak. Is he talking to you this morning? Do you hear the shepherd? Is he speaking to your heart with these words? As we saw last week in reference to the new covenant predicted through Jeremiah, promised through Jeremiah, Ezekiel also confirms that the fullness of what God began in bringing back the exiles was only realized when Jesus came to bring us back to God. I'm going to say that again because that's a point of kind of the big story of the Bible that if you don't get it, you need to understand it. Let me say this again. And it's going to help you with your readings as you're reading through this section of Scripture. Ezekiel confirms that the fullness of what God began in bringing back the exiles was only realized, that fullness, when Jesus came to bring us back to God. 
You see, when we bring these passages together, Ezekiel 34, Luke 15, John chapter 10, when we bring these together, we are reassured that number one, God really did fulfill His promise as Israel's shepherd. Didn't He? His scattered sheep. We can read about it. Just read the books of Ezra and Nehemiah and you'll read about how He began to fulfill this promise. But what did we just say? In the beginning, in beginning to fulfill that promise of bringing back the exiles, the fullness of that promise was only later realized when Jesus came to bring us back to God. So number one, God really did fulfill his promise as Israel's shepherd. And number two, here's the amazing thing. Jesus Christ is none other than the God of Ezekiel. Wow. Jesus Christ is the one speaking in Ezekiel. Do you see that? Do you see that? If you belong to him... This morning, by grace alone, right? Nothing you could do. God's free grace given to you. Through faith alone, simply trusting Him as as your King and Redeemer. Then He, like a devoted shepherd, do you know what He did? He laid you on His shoulders. He laid you on His shoulders. And how did He lay you on His shoulders? By carrying, by bearing your sins right up to the cross. That's how he carried you on his shoulders. He bore your sin up to the cross. How did Jesus express this commitment? He said, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Wow, that's like 180 from the hired hand. (laughs) The hired hand runs away at any threat of danger, doesn't he? The good shepherd does what? He lays down his life. He gave his own life for us. Could there be a relationship partner as committed as the good shepherd toward his flock? I challenge you right now. Tell me a relationship that you can think of where one partner is as committed to the other as the good shepherd is to his flock. Good, you're not saying anything because you recognize there is no answer you could give to that. There is no response. Even though there's probably wonderful relationships that you are aware of, maybe you're in, that you experience wonderful commitment. It's a blessing to you. I can guarantee you it is not like this. It is not like this. Could there be a relationship partner as committed as the good shepherd toward his flock? The answer is no. Wonderfully no. The deepest thing, listen to this, The deepest things, are you listening to me? The deepest things we long for and ask for from all of our committed relationships are only going to be found in Jesus. You've got to start there or you will live a life of disappointment. I promise you. That's what God's Word says. The deepest things we long for and ask for for from all of our committed relationships are only found in Jesus Christ. That's where we must begin. So here's my question to you this morning. Where are you this morning in terms of needing the shepherd's rescue? Where are you this morning in terms of needing the shepherd's 
rescue. Ezekiel's audience was in exile as a result of their sins. Jesus' listeners were, according to Matthew 9.36, harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 9.36. That's how the crowds were when they listened to Jesus. But what about you? What about you this morning? Will you respond to the voice of the shepherd this morning? That's what I'm going to put to you personally. Are you, will you respond to the voice of the shepherd this morning? Maybe you sense him speaking to you right now through these words. Will you respond to the voice of the shepherd this morning? Maybe for the first time ever in your life. Maybe God wants to remind you this morning if you belong to his flock, that that the good shepherd's work isn't simply to find lost sheep, like someone finds a lost pet from a poster on on a telephone pole, right? And then brings the lost pet back and maybe gets a reward and leaves. That is not what this shepherd is like. When he finds a lost sheep, he makes you a part of his flock forever. Therefore, He is always, always, always watching over you. Don't take my word for it. Listen to the Apostle Peter who wrote this. Take a look on the screen here. The Apostle Peter wrote many years later, For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Because that's what a shepherd does. He watches over the flock. He's there now. Maybe you needed to be reminded of that this morning. Needed to hear those words and be assured and, and encouraged by that. Let me ask that question again. Where are you this morning in terms of needing the shepherd's rescue? Feel like you're emotionally stuck on a cliff face? Suffering under the leadership of worldly solutions? Feeling exiled in terms of healthy relationships in your life? Surrounded by the ravenous wolves of temptation and doubt? Where are you? Rest assured, your shepherd is near. The good shepherd is near. He knows where you are. Listen for His voice this morning because His sheep know His voice, don't they? They know His voice. They respond to His voice. The God who spoke through Ezekiel came in the person of Jesus Christ. He came for His scattered sheep in the fulfillment of Ezekiel 34 to truly bring them back, not just from political or cultural exile, to bring them back from spiritual exile, scattered by sin. He came to fulfill that picture, that image of a shepherd fuller than it's ever been filled before. The God who spoke through Ezekiel came in the person of Jesus Christ and we can take incomparable, unshakable comfort in the fact that He still searches today.
He still seeks out today. He still rescues sheep today. Do you believe that? Will you trust Him today for the shepherdly care that He offers, that He exercises in the lives of everyone who comes to Him, no matter how scattered, no matter how far away you feel this morning? Could there be a relationship partner as committed as the good shepherd toward his flock, toward you? That's a committed relationship, friends. And it's available to you today. And I guarantee you this, that once you receive and you experience through Jesus that committed relationship, your life will never be the same, ever ever again. Let's go to Him now. Let's pray. Let's give thanks for this reality.